Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Homo Sapiens listeners. I'm just jumping on here. Did you hear me jump? To tell you that we have exciting news. If you want to listen to Homo Sapiens without the ads, now you can. You can subscribe to Homo Sapiens Plus on Apple Podcasts and all future episodes will be ad free. How do you sign up? Well, go inside your Apple Podcasts app. Go to our Homo Sapiens homepage and the option to subscribe to Homo Sapiens Plus for £1.49 a month is there. There's also BT Dubs, a seven-day free trial available, so you can try before you buy, which is my favourite. I like to do that in the supermarket whenever they've got a little snack being handed out. Anyway, I digress. Well, it's that time again, listeners. It's time for some Homo. It's time for some Sapiens. How are we all doing? I come to you as a man with his hood up over his head. Why? Because winter is upon us. Uh, Well, I wouldn't say winter is upon us. I would say cooler weather is upon us. I also come to you as a smug man because I've got an apple tree in my garden and I've been picking apples from it. And I literally felt like Anne of Green Gables as I walked around the garden, had a basket over my arm. I was picking them and I was just having one of those moments where I thought you know what, I'm going to make a crumble, I'm going to make, and then I kind of run out of options. What the hell do I make with probably 40 apples? Apple sauce, don't like it. Obviously, I'm a dad now, so we can make some apple sauce. Apple puree, I mean. Um, Don't know. Answers on a postcard, please. How are you all taking to the weather change? Here's a question. What's your favourite season? I'm going to go in hard and say spring. Because spring is like the beginning of a night out. It's all full of promise. It's like the bit when you're getting ready around your friend's house and you're playing all your favourite songs and everything that the evening could be exists. Uh, Because the problem with the night out, not always, but sometimes, in reality, it's not what you hope for. So this week, uh, there was a delivery coming for some hazel canes, which you use in the garden for growing things around, etc., I'd organised for them to be delivered by a lovely man called Guy. He is probably one of the nicest people I've ever met. We've been talking over email. He restores my faith in humanity. He arranged for them to be delivered somehow between uh, the delivery company, who should remain nameless because I can't remember them. Someone said, oh, there's a delivery person here. I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what that is. Let them in. So in they come. There's me, trot over to the house, thinking there will be hazel canes, which are thin sticks, about six foot long, you know, easily stored. What is waiting for me? A three-seater sofa. 
But the sofa has my address on it. It has my name and my address on it. So it was addressed to me. So I think what's happened is in the warehouse, there has been a mix up and my hazel sticks have been given a sticker with the the people who have the sofa's address on. And the sofa was given a sticker with my address on, which means there was a family sitting on a stack of hazel sticks watching Strictly this weekend. That's all I could think. And I've got a bloody three-seater sofa that I don't want. Very nice sofa, by the way. Very nice indeed. But um, I am doing my best to get it to its rightful owner. Loving Strictly. Haven't even talked about Strictly. Don't know who watches. So my friend Ellie Taylor is in Strictly this year. Um, she is with Johannes. I'm loving Jade Adams. That's a really exciting pairing. I think she's amazing as well. We should have her on, actually. We should have them all on. We should have Johannes on. He was going to come on. What happened with that? Yeah, I really like Strictly. It makes me think about Christmas. And I really like Christmas. Um, is anyone else thinking about Christmas? Or is that an illegal... Thing to be doing in October. Now, what are we looking at on Homo sapiens today, or who are we talking to? Lovely episode, this. A weirdly sort of deep dive chat this week. Hang on, let me just sort out. So, <clears throat> cost of living crisis. I've got a log burner in my room uh, because I ain't done a fucking heating on. And um, it's going out. Give me a second. Is there anything better than the smell of a wood-burning fire? You've got to tweak it so that you get maximum heat with the least amount of wood. Uh, What am I saying to you? William Hansen today is on the podcast. He is one half of the hugely successful podcast, Help I Sexted My Boss, which he co-hosts with his best mate, Jordan North. And in his day job, he is an etiquette coach, and that's sort of how he came to be uh, in the public eye first. But... Uh, what is really lovely about him and what is really lovely about him and his podcast with Jordan, which is basically Agony Uncling podcast, the Help I Sexted My Boss, that title is sort of like people writing in their calamitous problems and William and Jordan solve them for them. What I love about them and what I love about it is it contains the same thing that I loved about um, Jack Rook's show Big Boys on Channel 4 recently. The friendship between a queer person and a straight person uh, is a wonderful thing, actually, because it contains respect, but difference, you know, and uh, and I really, really love that. And also, you know, Jordan and William are very, very different people. But despite being very, very different people, you know, William's a sort of very posh etiquette expert. Uh, Jordan is often at pains to point out that, you know, he's not the sort of person who knows what fork you use with what and all of that. I mean, who does? But... It, they're, they're really, really different people, but they just adore each other. And I, f- I find them adorable. And we recorded this just before William was about to get married, actually. And William, he got married last week. So massive congratulations to William. And we kind of, this episode is just kind of talking about, like, firstly about him and Jordan and how there was a really interesting thing that happened between them where they were talking about William's marriage and Jordan said, oh, well, you guys can make up your own rules, can't you? Which was misunderstood to mean that he meant it about LGBT people. Uh, and it sounded really rude, but that wasn't what he meant. And we sort of go into that in the in the conversation. But it was, uh, I don't know, it sort of, it, it sort of felt like a microcosm of how we have to navigate each other's real experiences, real lives, and be respectful uh, to each other. And, and it also feels like it, that whole thing of like saying something and then it being misinterpreted as really rude 
makes me think of the kind of low thrum of prejudice that just runs through every conversation, uh, no matter who you are, you know, that you're kind of aware that someone could say something like that. I don't know what it is, really. Slightly got into a cul-de-sac with that statement. Anyway, um, but we're talking about all things like gay weddings, wedding etiquette, all sorts of funny things. William is a proper eccentric, like won't use a urinal. We go into all of that. Very, very funny. Um, so this is, it's a lovely chat. So that's coming up. But have you listened to our episode from last week with Mark Thompson? Um, loads of lovely messages about that. So thank you, everyone who wrote in. Keep um coming, as they say. Hello at homosapienspodcast.com. Just move my laptop so I can see the wood burning fire because then I feel like I'm in a lint chocolate advert. Uh, or on Instagram at homosapiens and tell us what you've been getting up to or sending any anonymous agony uncles to be answered, please. You can do that on uh, Instagram at Instagram um, or you can do that at homosapiens. It would actually get to us if you did that. Or on email. Um, on to lovely messages from all of you. Now, do you remember Daniel who wrote in, said he was doing the marathon? Well, we shared the link. Daniel only smashed through his uh, target, raised nearly £3,000. So thank you to anyone who donated to him. We shared the link in the episode description and all of that. Dear Chris and team, a huge thank you for featuring my marathon efforts on the podcast. It was such a surprise to hear my fundraising request read out. I especially loved hearing the stories about your London marathon experiences. I am delighted to say I completed the course in five hours and 45 minutes. I cannot put in into words what an amazing overwhelming and emotional day it was the runners partaking and the huge crowds cheering us on were epic i had a permanent grin on my face the whole way round, other than at mile 25 when i cried almost to the finish line good on you daniel during the marathon, there was some great LGBTQIA plus representation with a whole section along Rainbow Row in Limehouse around mile 20 dedicated to us LGBTQIA plus runners and the charities we were running, raising money for. That's lovely. It lifted my heart and spirit to see all the rainbow flags and they were fittingly playing ABBA as I passed through. Love that. Which song? Dun, 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 dun. I am so pleased to say that I raised just short of £3,000 for Micro Rainbow. This is incredible. All those donations will make a huge effort to the LGBTQIA plus refugees they are supporting in safe houses around the UK. Thank you so much for sharing this information and the experiences I expressed of how difficult I have found it accessing sports. It's a subject I feel we all need to be discussing more. Hear, hear. I hope what I have done offers inspiration to other LGBTQIA plus people who may not feel able, welcome or worthy in the sporting world. Well, you are. I'm here to tell everybody. Because you need to hear it from me, of course. I have attached a photo which below which sums up my date and then we posted that on Instagram, everybody. Much love. Thank you so much. Um, Daniel... You're wonderful. Congratulations. Will you do it again? That's my big question. Uh, I did it twice. Note didn't do a third time. And we've got some emails about the last couple of episodes. Stephen got in touch about Edward. Hey, Christopher Sweeney. Hi, Stephen. Wanted to say that I enjoyed the Edward Enenfort interview. Good. I'm thrilled to hear that. I've not heard him talk about his appointment at Vogue before and how that happened. Good on him for sticking to his guns about what the magazine should be. Yes, exactly. I remember him from my shadow lounge days when I edited London Lifestyle magazines back in the noughties and was often in the VIP lounge with Scylla, Julie and Clary at the same time. <gasps> 
Stephen, what a glamorous life you've led. Wonder if you and I were there at the same time too. God, sorry, probably. Anyway, also loved the farmer episode. That would be Farmer Ben, still available on the feed. Going to listen to you and Lily Cole while I fill up bags of soil from the cellar ready for the tip. The glamour is non-stop. Stephen, now why? Okay. Yes, lovely cellar, Julian Clary's anecdotes. I want to know why you've got soil in your cellar. And for some reason, that makes me think you're doing some gardening. Big news in my household uh, is that we're getting ready to do some bulb lasagnas. Does anyone know what they are? It's where you plant bulbs in different layers in a pot and they grow. The, the, I'm not very good at explaining this, but I'm going to persevere. So you get a pot, then you put some bulbs in at the very close to the bottom. They are the bulbs that will flower first. Then you put more soil. Then on top of that, another layer of bulbs. They are the flowers that will flower second. Bulbs that will flower second. Another layer of soil, another layer of bulbs. That is the last one that will flower. And what you get is this whole pot that consistently flowers throughout the whole of spring and summer with different plants because they're all, they're staggered timing. It's called a bulb lasagna and it's all the rage. Can you tell I've moved to the countryside? Is there anyone else doing bulb lasagnas? That's all I want for Christmas is I want a bulb lasagna. Michael got in touch. Hello, fellow homo sapiens. Hello, Michael. Long time listener, first time caller. Always my favourite opening, by the way. I would like to propose a guest for you to interview. I believe I have listened to every episode of your podcast over the years. Michael, you are so kind. Thank you. And I don't recall this person on your roster. After I heard your charming and really fun interview with Jessie Ware, so much love, ah, I instantly thought of Anastasia and I don't really know why. Um, glamorous gay icons, maybe. I have loved, says Michael, Anastasia since I first saw her in 2001 on late night TV while I was suffering from a bout of dreary jet lag in London. I know she is a bigger star in Europe than she ever was in the US. Shame on us. So maybe she would be of interest to your home base fans. Absolutely. She was huge over here. I love her to death, no matter what. And I thought she would be a great addition to your collection. Much love to you, Michael. Michael, we are going to write Anastasia a postcard. Okay, let's go and have a chat with William. It's a really lovely chat. And if you want wedding ideas, or you want do's and don'ts, turns out I seem to be doing everything wrong. But then again, who cares? I had a small deep dive on your mm. podcast about keeping up appearances. Mm. I thought it was just you and Jordan doing a podcast together, and that's all I knew about. No, I'm by podcast. <laughs> uh, I, ha- I have two. Yeah. I'm openly by. I don't mind. Uh, and so uh, I do my other one. I'm delighted that you mentioned it, because uh, the one that gets the most coverage is the other one. Yes. Uh, which I love and adore. Yes. Uh, but I, are you a Keeping Up Appearances fan? Yeah, and I think it's really funny, because I think gay men loved it mm. i think lgbtq plus yeah. people full stop loved it and i wonder what that's about yeah I, I i think it was because hyacinth sort of she was a very strong woman that a lot of people could associate with everybody knows the hyacinth or they are the hyacinth mm. in the instance of a lot of gay men um <laughs> and so they you know speaking personally no, no. Uh, and I think they can associate with it because it, it happened in a, in a very familiar setting. And we've all got relatives who, who might be embarrassing or we all strive for the best. Mm. Um, obviously, we, some of us probably hopefully don't don't sort of strive in the way that Hyacinth strove. Yes. Um, but she was she's a character. And uh, and it's sort of I think a lot of us can identify with her or aspects of her. Are you still in a day job where you do etiquette stuff? 
Yes. Right. It, it, I mean, it, th- that is the day job. Okay. I mean, everything else that's happened with, with either podcast or any of the media stuff is lovely. Um, and I love it. But if it all ended tomorrow, I would be fine. I would, I would still be able to put bread on the table and, and my, my sort of, she's sort of semi-retired now, but my, Lovely agent Sue, Sue Ryder, not the hospice, different Sue. Um, but they always used to get phone calls about what people should do with their old sofas. Uh, <laughs> I won't have you calling my clients that. Sue <laughs> <laughs> um, so always said, never give up the day job. Right. Uh, and she still says that to me. Mm. And I wouldn't want to, because I think particularly being an expert, to use the media term mm. in etiquette, you sort of have to teach it and sort of still do that i couldn't just sort of i I would hate just to be one of those rotating talking heads on on shows that just sort of turn up and don't really do anything outside of those shows Mm. i'm i'm quite keen to and i like and i like the teaching i mean i do genuinely like it i i get to work with a a very diverse range of people Mm -hmm. and i go to some wonderful places um so yes that the the bread and butter is the the teaching and the consultancy so you run a school that used to be called Lucy Clayton is that right but now it's called something else yes so the Lucy Clayton finishing school started in I really should know this it was either the late 1800s or early 1900s and uh it's where Joanna Lumley and people like that went and so it was in a to begin with it was a secretarial college then it went into modeling Mm. and then latterly was more known for what was termed finishing and Lucy Clayton didn't update itself society was dramatically changing for the better it had just passed itself by date and it had gone past the point of no return and so they were going to disband it and just focus on sort of business training Mm. and my my friend and colleague and the founder of the English Manor the, the company it now is who was working for them at the time said well I think there still is a, a bit of a market if you changed a bit so they she she was allowed to sort of in effect take on the etiquette or finishing side but it wasn't allowed to be called Lucy Clayton because that was going to be no more oh. and so in 2001 the English Manor double N-E-R was created uh, and then in 2009 I took over ownership. I mean it was all a bit bonkers at the time but now it was like sort of teaching how to be a wife right and how to sort of nod politely when someone asks you a question rather than expressing your thoughts and exactly mm. and and you know there's a there's a particularly in this day and age for for anyone of any gender identity there is a uh there's much to be said for sort of just sort of nodding politely when someone says something that is ridiculous and that you don't want to engage on mm. uh and and i think that that is still a skill that's useful but yes it didn't you know, only focused on women and it only focused on women if you wanted to be from a certain mold mm. uh and it didn't uh, reflect those those changes and and that's sort of what what killed it in effect but yeah i'm quite happy in a way because it's all turned out all right for me <laughs> to be selfish life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Etiquette is not something, um, sadly, I think about a lot in terms of, (laughs) you know, I'm absolute animal. It's like, (laughs) what is the modern version of that? You know, because, you know, how do you apply that in a modern sense that works for people in 2022? And and it's it's a question that we always ask ourselves. And the trouble is etiquette, it's, it's, got really bad PR because mm. people do think of Louis the Fourteenth or uh yeah, Lucy Clayton and, and that sort of thing. Whereas etiquette is just sort of being nice to people and quite frankly that's going to be timeless. Mm. Uh, and it's treating people with civility. Pronouns is a really good good example. I'm literally in the middle of writing what is currently a five-page document on pronoun etiquette for our sort of big flagship six-month course that we have. You know, back in 1876, I think it was, when the telephone first came in, you had people that were horrified that we needed the telephone, Hmm. that didn't see the need for it, um, that treated it as something to be scared about. And then etiquette manuals, um, several years later, then sort of rather patronisingly wrote about how to use a telephone (laughs) and how to do it politely and do it without sort of disgracing yourself. And I've sort of written, and I I hope this is okay to say, I hope this doesn't offend anyone, I've Mm. sort of put all pronouns of the telephone of 2022 Mm. in that there are a lot of people who get it, but then there are also a lot of people who are hiding the fact they're scared about pronouns or why we need them Mm. uh, or don't really understand because within their life, why would they need them? Mm. That's what I'm trying to do with etiquette is, yes, we do need to know if you interact with bishops, how to address a bishop or how to eat an oyster nicely uh, without throwing up because they're horrid. Uh, <laughs> but also we need to know about how to use pronouns properly. And it, it's everything in between it. Mm. Um, and I, I would hope, and, and my podcast like Sex did, that we we are trying to, and other things that I do, we're trying to sort of let people know that etiquette isn't just... Louis XIV. Yes. When I, and I've noticed you on your podcast, Help I Sexted My Boss, available on all platforms, is, um, Thank you. you know, um, I don't know why I've banged on about it in the intro as well. It's Watch Your Numbers Fly. <laughs> I, how did that all come about? How did your podcast come about? Because I love the story of the fact that everyone thought you and Jordan were going to hate each other and now you're best mates. Yeah, quite. Um, so Jordan and I had known each other for about 12 years now. And he was, back in the day, uh, when I first met him, he was on work experience for Five Live. And uh, I was the talent. I mean, it's very much changed now. And I went in to do some sort of slot for Five Live back in Manchester, because I lived in Manchester for, for many years. And Jordan was sort of, you know, as you all know, someone meets and greets you and sort of shows you how to make sure a cup of tea or a glass of water. Mm. And Jordan was that person. And we sort of made each other laugh and we chatted, but no more. This sounds really rude to Jordan, but no more than I would have chatted to anyone else doing that role. Mm. Um, but I thought, well, you know, he's nice. He made me laugh, but we won't keep in touch. Um, and then three months later, he moved in with some very good friends of mine from university. 
And they didn't know that we'd met. And then when we met each other, like, oh, it's you. Hello. Yes, I know you. (laughs) Um, And again, we just continue to make each other laugh. And that's really the foundation of our friendship is is humour. That's so Um, sweet. Our friend Stuart said, oh, well, you know, podcasts are coming back. He said four and a half years ago. Um, he runs an audio production company. Just could you two come in and just like, just do something for us to sort of practice with? And we put out 10 episodes thinking it would be 10 episodes and we're on episode 230 something now. So you're a brilliant combo because I think I first became aware of Jordan from Celebrity Jungle. I mean, I think Mm. I knew who he was prior to that, but I, you know, I sort of, I just fell in love with him. He is the kindest warmest most wonderful person but you're just yes you're a really lovely example of a kind of the closest thing to love that friends can be you know you just clearly adore each other and do you spend tons of time together then um we spend enough time with each i mean we did used to spend an awful lot of time with each other um obviously and then obviously covid happened so Mm. so we didn't spend an awful lot um and I see I see him every week, if not several times a week, because of the podcast or or other things. Um, but yeah, we we do spend a lot of time with each other. We speak on the phone quite a lot. Mm. Um, Jordan's much better at phone calls than texting, which is odd for people of our age because normally it's the other way around. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. But Jordan, we, we we will phone each other uh, quite a lot, and he is you know when I've had some bumps in the road, and I'm very fortunate I haven't really had many bumps in the road. Mm. I've, I've had quite a placid life. Um, but Jordan is is basically the first phone call, other than my partner. But if, if, if partner's unavailable, Jordan is number one. Um, so, yeah. And uh, he made me chuckle the other day because you're getting married. Congratulations. Mm. Which is Thank you very much. I, I should say for my fiancé, but we're not sort of... Yes. I don't like the term fiancé, neither, so, uh, neither does Mikey, my fiancé. So <laughs> I am his uh, husband-elect, and he is my husband-apparent. <laughs> Um, so that's the terms we use. That's funny. Why don't you like that term? I don't know. I, but, but I mean, my whole career is built on being slightly different. So, But he doesn't like it either. But he's not as highly strung as me, I should just say. Right. Jordan has this running joke in our podcast that I'm uh, in a relationship or now getting married to a 45-year-old uh, builder from Wakefield. Oh, yes. uh, because Jordan in his little head thinks that that would be quite funny to, to imagine me with a sort of bold... Uh, beer-bellied, uh, high-vis-wearing man. And it's amazing how many of our listeners think that's true. Because uh, it's just got to the point now where Jordan's done it far too often. And I I don't, I don't, think I made the mistake of not correcting it initially. Um, so, and that's the best joke we ever did. We were doing the Manchester Podcast Festival the year before COVID. And mm. in front of the I know, 400 strong audience, we, we were sitting there and we had sort of referred to Mikey being in the wings mm. quite a lot in Act 1. And then at the start of Act Two, we, when we read the audience's questions on the on the question cards they've written, um, mm. I said, "Oh, I've left my glasses uh, backstage. I need them." Oh, my, oh, and then Jordan was, "Oh, my, Mikey can bring them on. He, he's backstage. Mikey, do you want to see Mikey?" And then on walked a forty-five-year-old bold builder in a high-vis jacket oh, who came on, gave him my glasses, terrible. gave me a kiss, and it brought the house down. Um, so it's it's a fun fun little device, but Mikey is not. He is also, if you know Mikey, he's incredibly young looking, incredibly youthful, mm-hmm. um, beautiful, uh, and not at all like the stereotypical image of a builder. Jordan made me laugh because he he sort of walked into something that he didn't mean <laughs> to say where you were talking about your wedding, and he said, "Oh well, you lot can make up your own rules." And, yeah, and. And then his face sort of reversed out of the sentence as it was coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, because obviously it could be misconstrued mm. that he was saying, oh, you gays. Um, yeah. But there is a truth in that, isn't there? You know, like when I married my husband, we used to joke between us that like, it was a bit like people were like, oh, the boys are putting on a school play, you know, like it, <laughs> <laughs> or a puppet, like a puppet show from behind the sofa. Yes. Uh, mm. People don't truly take it seriously. In I don't know, there's just a grain of something missing and yeah. maybe that's ingrained paranoia and self-loathing. Um, mm. But, you know, have you found that? Yes, it, it's interesting how, um, and, you know, we're very, like, we're very supported on, on every side of the family. But, but it's been interesting, not just with family, but with, with friends also as well. You do have, you know, the narrative switches between, um, oh, it's fantastic because, you know, there are no rules to, but, oh, but hang on. No, it's tradition to do it like this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it very much switches between those lanes, depending on what, what agenda is trying to be pushed. Mm. Um, also with me, I'm, you know, no one can lecture me on what the etiquette protocol is. <laughs> Thank you very much. And if they try doing that, um, they're going to come up short shrift. Mm. But yes, it, it, it's, I mean, we're probably going to have quite a classic wedging in the grand scheme of things because I like the sort of the classic, mm-hmm. but there will be some modern twists on it. Um, and uh, it's quite good fun, yes. But Jordan was was horrified with that, and that's that's not what he meant at all. And he's Bless him. still horrified that he even said that. And I think he genuinely was more meaning. I, as an etiquette coach, can make up my my own rules. I, I still think that's probably what he meant. Oh, I spoken see. To him afterwards, oh. when he said you can make up your own rules, he more meant me as an etiquette coach because I can just say to people, "Well, it's the rule." Oh, I see, and get away with it. But he then also then heard the other meaning how most people would would hear. Yes. Well, also I, I I'm I read it differently because there is a positive in the sense that you can do mm. it how you want you know it's just but then it gets tricky as to who's allowed to say what that. sort of um what sort of sort of um wedding did you do i'm fascinated by other people's weddings chris we um got married on a greek island and it was oh. very relaxed but what was interesting in the creation of that wedding was there are parts of a wedding and people want those parts and you've actually got to give it to them give people the walking down the aisle in whatever version you want to give people the vows give people the party the speeches less than we had um they were all wonderful by the way for anyone still listening who was at the wedding (laughs) yeah i think that that's what i learned about it it is your wedding and it is for you but it is also for everybody else but what about you and all of that you know how where have you got to well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you say about it, it sort of it is your day, but it isn't. Um, and I think particularly if you're doing a a larger event as as we are, and we're all very close with, with families on every side, mm. it, it is a little bit for the family as well. And and I'm very grateful for that because I know there are a lot of people that don't have um, supportive families. Exactly, so yeah. thus, I almost feel they, they need the reward of like, yes, thank you, you have got me to this point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's been relatively uh, pain free. So thank you. This is also a thanks for you. Yeah. Um, so so yes, we're, we're doing a, um, a small, like the legal bit, we're just doing sort of very quickly, immediate family, sign the register, say I do, lovely. Um, and then we go for a blessing uh, at a church. We're not I'll be honest, we're not hugely religious, but mm. uh, I went to a private school, shock, and so <laughs> I quite like, uh, I like the pomp and the organ music. I'm not, uh-huh. a, I'm not atheist by any means. I'm sort of quite agnostic, mm-hmm. but I like, I like all of that 
side of things and the formality. So we'll have a sort of a 40 minute blessing. We've got a gay vicar as well, who's a good friend. Oh, great. Um, and, and then we will go back to Is the it Reverend Richard Coles? No, not the Reverend Richard Coles. No, no, no. Slightly younger, uh, but just as fabulous. Good. And uh, and then we go for a, a lunch. And then the whole thing is going to be over by six o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm quite adamant that quite a lot of people's weddings um, do drag on. You know, it's that wait in between. Normally, it's the wait that you have in between the service finishing and the, the lunch or the dinner. Um, and I've been to too many of those where I hate it. And you just stand around. There was one in particular... There was one type of canopy for three and a half hours. Heavens above. And it was three and a half hours whilst they had their photos done, whilst they chatted to everyone. And mm. we also knew nobody ah. at this wedding other than the people getting married and one other. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, a, it was a long time. So I think I'm still scarred from that, which is why I'm going to have quite a quick affair. I'm almost doing it like a second marriage where oh. it's normally a shorter thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is my first marriage. Less is more in anything. Mm. I think less is more with the party. Less is like you. You are going to have more fun at a party, a birthday party. This is my opinion. Yeah, birthday party or whatever. If you can bring yourself to just say to people, bring a bottle, and then you just do some sausages and something <laughs> for the vegans, and <laughs> and you put some music on, and that's that. That will yep. always, this probably will horrify you, but I think that's impromptu in any, come on Friday, don't know who's going to come, just I think all of that is what makes it great. And I think if you can bring some of that to a wedding, it will have this an internal alchemy, which is better. Mm-hmm. And I think people try and add like pictures with this person, this with pictures, and then it's this, and then it's that. And it actually, mm-hmm. you're just, it becomes a car park of commitments and it's not a laugh and it needs to be no. well i think it needs to be a laugh but um yes no it does what are your etiquette tips for a wedding what are your top tips <laughs> um so you know with the conventions and i'm particularly thinking of the the sort of the meal mm-hmm. uh the lunch or the, the wedding breakfast give it its correct name I always find that confusing yeah it's yeah, completely confusing um and it's it's a lunch in our instance you know you don't have to have uh, a top table. Now, I appreciate at a wedding, a top table has an entirely different meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, and and for us, we're sort of just having, um, like, we were originally going to sort of be sitting on a table with our families. And that's fine. But we sort of looked at it and went, and I mean this with no disrespect to any of our families, that's the most boring table and we're sitting on it. Um, so we've also thought for all sorts of other reasons that we will sort of split, you know, my parents will host a table other parents will host a table each, etc., and we'll have a table with my my siblings, basically, or my brother, Micah's sister and family, mm. and my cousins. So we'll we'll do it that way. Um, and also, you know, we're, we're going to be in the receiving line again. Receiving line, ha ha, gay wedding. <laughs> um, used to the jokes. So you know, we, we are doing certain bits, but I would say take what is look at a classic wedding. But then pick and choose. I mean, and even if you're a straight couple or a bisexual couple, pick and choose. I mean, it's. You don't have to do anything, but there are, I think my, my, there are certain things that have been done in certain ways for a good reason. It's almost like a tried and tested over time. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that work, um, and work for a reason. So don't be afraid to embrace the sort of the, the set pieces, mm-hmm. but you can tweak them to, to suit your needs. And, you know, if you've got families that hate each other, you know, you can be really creative with seating plans and seat people, you know, just work on sight lines and, 
who can't see each other and seat everyone in the same sort of looking in the same way so they're not making eye contact yeah but also do you think these are all adults and they need to get on with it if you you know Com- completely agree you know if you are still harboring a grudge from 30 years ago when you've been happily married for longer mm. uh to your new husband or wife or whoever and you're you're still harboring a grudge really mm. really so um yes there, there is an element of that but i can completely see why people choose to just sort of elope mm. or have a, a ceremony with just like a witness mm. and get it over and done with mm. um but I'm saying that now, but I think on the on the day and after the day, I'll be quite excited about it all. Now, that's the end of part one. You must stay tuned for part two. It's available on the feed right now. Hop on over. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Powered by Spirit Studios.